0: Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now, here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon.
1: Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. I am the adoptive mother of four kids. I don't just talk about adoption, I live adoption. We are a multiracial family and you can see we are an adoptive family everywhere we go. So we answer questions daily in public and really feel like it's our mission to encourage people to adopt, but also to educate how to go about it. If you are new to Adoption Now, all of our stories are on iTunes. You can find those at adoption-now.com. We tell adoption stories from the perspective of the adoptive parents, birth parents, and adoptee. We talk about foster care, embryo adoption, private infant adoption, and international adoption. So if you go to adoption-now.com, there is a story for you, I promise. There's a place for you to connect, and connection is so important to us and our community. Okay. So recently we started a new blog. Yay. We have guest writers and I write on it. It's a place to learn more about adoption. So check that out on our website as well. We do Saturday suggestions on Instagram, little tips to help you on your adoption journey every Saturday. So we would love for you to follow us there. And if you have a story you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. So you can reach out and apply to be on the show. If you want to be a guest blogger on Adoption Is, submit your blog under 800 words about what adoption is to you and what it means to you. You can go ahead and email me at april at adoption-now.com. Okay, so my husband is here on the show. I can't believe it. He's joining us again. Hi, Noah. Hi. We are celebrating our 11 year anniversary this month. Yes, we are. Can you believe it? No. Hasn't it been wonderful? It's been amazing. Just joy all the time. Every day. <laughs> Even with our four adopted kids, just <laughs> just laughing through life. That's right. So you're gonna like this next story you have not heard it now i have done a pre-interview but our next guest is a birth mother from california laura is a personal efficiency consultant and speaker she placed her daughter three years ago and the story is amazing laura has applied to be on the show numerous times right laura i mean welcome to the show you wanted to be on the show i remember you reached out in april And we took a break this summer and you have wanted to tell your story. So I'm so happy that you're on today. Thank
0: you. Yes, me too. That is true.
1: (laughs) So you want to share your story because you believe that not all birth mothers go through the same grief process and you felt like your adoption was joyful. It was life changing. It was empowering. And you want others to know that it doesn't have to be this really sad situation, but it can be something that is amazing. And so you wanted to come on the show to say, hey, I'm a birth mother and I want to speak out. So thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Let's start with you and the birth father, Jerome. Tell us about your
0: relationship. We started as great friends and became engaged. Then when I was 24, we found out we were pregnant and he was such a great support for me and I feel like sometimes maybe that is rare and he was so instrumental in being a support and having me also just have a really healthy, happy pregnancy.
1: So you two were engaged. How old were you? I was 24. He was
0: 23.
1: Okay. So Neither of you thought we should get married and keep the baby? We didn't
0: see it that way. We just knew we were not, well, the plan was to get married. We just knew at that point in our relationship and our life that we wanted to give our daughter the best life possible. And then we did see kids down the road, actually, just at that moment, in the present moment. We just saw something, something a, di- a different option, something that is what it is now and is wonderful.
1: When you found out that you were pregnant, did you know right away, okay, this is not going to be the baby that we raise? Yes. You knew right away. Really? Did you tell your family?
0: I spoke to Jerome about it first, and we we did share with my family in the original conversations with my mom, my dad, my stepmom, even my brother. In those initial conversations, me and Jerome had already decided on adoption. So we didn't share with anyone that we were pregnant until we were sure on our decision. So we were not swayed more by other people's, whatever their emotions might have been. We just wanted to be strong in our own decision before sharing with other people.
1: So did anyone in your extended family, either on your side or his side, say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't don't give the baby away for adoption? Absolutely. Who yeah. was the strongest in that?
0: His parents were very strong in wanting to, uh, they offered to raise her. His background is, his mom is Filipino. So just tradition wise, adoption just was not, is not a thing in their culture. And my mom had her sadness around it. Ava was the first grandchild from my generation of cousins and and children my age in my family. So definitely had her own emotions around that. But The strongest were his parents.
1: And then did he come to you and say, hey, my parents, they really don't want this. Should we think about it?
0: It was never, they don't want this. We should think about it. It was, we were very much a team and we experienced their resistance together. Mm -hmm. I would be pregnant at his mom's house and Ava just wouldn't even be talked about. And with his dad, we were a team together. We knew We would talk about it on the way there. We would decompress on the way back, but we just would together say, no matter what our parents were going through, we saw the bigger picture and this is what we wanted. So we held space for our parents going through that. We knew going into it that there might be resistance, but having that ability to see it beforehand was best for us to be able to stay strong in our choice.
1: So how far along were you when you connected to an agency? I
0: connected to an agency 20 weeks or so in. That's when I found out I was pregnant.
1: Wow. So immediately you went to an agency. And how did you find that agency? A Google search. (laughs) Really? Yes. And so you just clicked the first one that popped up? I just searched open
0: adoption agency. And being in California, the first one, I think, yeah, first or second that popped up was in San Francisco. And I just browsed their website by myself, and then brought the information to Jerome. And what was the next step? The next step for us was looking at the parents online. It was set up in this way. It was kind of like an online dating match site where the parents have their profiles of their values and what they want. And so we personally went through all of them. And during that, I called their phone number and was connected with Tara maybe even the next day and had a phone call with her and she asked where I was in my journey, where I was in my mindset, really like how, how much support I needed because they had that there if I, if I really needed it. But even at that point, I was very confident in our decision and we just moved forward with meeting um, different couples that we wanted to uh, see if we were the best match and they were the people to raise our daughter.
1: So did you actually physically meet them?
0: Yes. Ooh, how is that? It was the best first date ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Was it hard to say no, though, when you were like, I don't think this is the couple?
0: So we got it down really specific. We went online and saw their profiles, and we got it down to two different couples. One, they were both in San Francisco, which was far enough for us, but not too far, so we could still visit. And... We only met Jen and Alan, who are Ava's parents. We only ended up meeting them.
1: Okay. Okay. So you narrowed it down. And why did you pick Jen and Alan?
0: So many reasons. <laughs> First of all, Jen has a Filipino background as well. So it's very in alignment with uh, Jerome's background.
1: What? Um, Wait a second. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Noah. Can you believe that? Well, first of all, let me just say that Noah loves the Philippines. He that's spent true. time there and we thought for a little bit that we'd go to the Philippines and adopt and we just, he loves Filipino people. So this story, he's like, Oh my gosh, this amazing connection because it just feels kind of rare it's that you would connect together. So that's very cool. I bet Jerome was really excited about that.
0: Yeah. He was very excited to have that representation in her life
2: was that one of the big criteria when you were looking through and picking the family?
0: We didn't know initially that was the criteria. We just read through different profiles and saw what, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. And there were so many things about Jen and Allen that were in alignment with we saw them as the future us. Oh, really? That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we've heard that before. We heard that actually okay. on the last story where the birth father came in and shared a story with the birth mother and, and they ended up getting married, but they said they picked the family because they said that is what we want to be. Yeah. Those two are what we want to be. So this is why we want to place our daughter with them. And so that's very cool. And very big honor for the adoptive parents to hear that, that you would want to aspire to be what they are, what they have. I think that is That's awesome. So when you first connected,
0: you said it was the best first date. What did you do? Where did they take you? So we had emailed a couple times, and then we came up to San Francisco where they live, and they just live blocks from the beach, which was perfect. We were all so excited. We talked for maybe an hour or so in their house, and then we decided to go on a walk. We went over the Golden Gate Park. We walked along the beach. And that beach walk was actually when we named her, <laughs> when we all uh, came to a name. I asked Jen what she wanted to name name her, and they, were, they said they had thought of Ava for the longest time. And we just hit it off. We were with them for four hours that day. What? Four mm-hmm. hours? Now,
1: was Jerome feeling the same way? Oh, yes.
2: It's a great first date. We,
1: it is. It's great yeah. <laughs> adoption story because when we talk, we're about to bring Alan and Jen on in the next episode, but they probably don't know how rare that is to be strolling on the beach with super excited birth parents and be connecting like this. I mean, that's just really unheard oh,
2: we, of. We've heard so many stories of multiple families, kind of funny ones too, of trying to pick the right family and because of the clothes they wear, it doesn't work. Like the fact that you guys hit it off right away, it sounds like, I don't know the story, but it sounds like you still have a great connection and a great relationship.
0: Yes, it was it was wonderful. There were no doubts in our mind. We left and we had decided. <laughs> okay, as a
1: birth mother, were you thinking, I don't want to do this? Or is there any hesitation at all? Or were you just happy to be giving them a baby? I mean, tell me what your role was in your mind.
0: I was... So happy to be giving them a baby. And there was no hesitation in my mind. Um, I, even when speaking to Jerome, I told him, this is what I want to happen. You can stay with me through it. I love you. Please, you know, stay with me. But if you don't, then that's fine. Because I felt just this responsibility and this need to bring her to life and I felt intuitively, I just wasn't the mom to raise her. I felt there were other there were other people. And when we met Jen and Alan, I was like, okay, this is what I saw.
1: <laughs> you were the first birth mother to come on the show and say that. I mean, people will say, I feel like this child belonged with them, but they will say it was heartbreaking. This was my daughter. This was my son that I am placing in somebody else's hands. And I love them, but I also feel sort of this angst against them because they get to to raise and live the life that i want to live and it doesn't sound like you had any of that oh wow yeah not at all i want you to be my birth mother every adoptive (laughs) every adoptive family is like now i want this story i want a story just like this and it sounds like they were really open and they wanted to have an open adoption with you you guys discussed that as well
0: Yeah, we did. And that was a huge part of the process. The agency that we worked with was actually only open adoption. And if the only option was a closed adoption, I would definitely be raising her. I wanted to have the ability to choose, you know, her parents and and see her grow up. And the way we've kind of orchestrated and designed, basically our open adoption has made it so incredibly wonderful from before she was born my parents were involved as she was born i was able to have a midwife and we spent the first three days of her life with her It just made the transition very smooth and just a no-brainer it was it was wonderful
1: okay we have to take a break when we come back we want to hear about your whole giving birth placement mm-hmm. what it's like to have an open adoption i mean you're going to answer all these questions for us we'll be right back you're listening to adoption now
2: Hi, this is Noah, April's husband. Thank you so much for donating on Giving Tuesday. We are a nonprofit and love your help in telling adoption stories. If you missed Giving Tuesday, don't worry, you did not miss your chance to give. There is still time in 2018. You can go to adoption-now.com and click donate. If you have an adoption story you'd like to share, you can also apply to be on the show by clicking tell your story. Thank you so much for listening to Adoption Now and spreading the word about the show. We have grown 120% this year, and your donation helps give adoption a voice. Thank you for telling your friends, churches, and agencies to tune in. Keep up the good work. We cannot wait for 2019. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today, we're talking to Laura, a birth mother of a little girl that she placed in California. She now has an open adoption, and she's telling us about her story and about how she feels like it's a huge honor to place her child with these adoptive parents. She loves them. She's connected to them, and she doesn't feel the normal grief that we hear from so many other stories. She is feeling empowerment and loved and supported. Noah, my husband, joins the show as well, and he's just baffled by the story. I mean, the same as I was when I first heard it, right? We interview so many birth mothers, and it's a lot about the grief, and I think that's so important. Yes. I mean, we want to talk about that, but Laura, thank you for sharing your story. Tell me, why do you think that you felt so differently?
0: I... Have thought about it, and maybe just my beliefs are different going into before I found out I was pregnant with love and how love multiplies, and that I wanted to design the like the least amount of suffering. I just wanted a very like expansive, joyful experience and something something different. I personally had some friends and people in my life who chose to keep their child and raise them at a at a younger age or just when they, you know, were in a certain place and I have so much respect for them. And I personally just felt like I wanted something different when I found out I was pregnant. I just saw I just saw something different. So I got the support I needed and just stayed strong with the feeling that I had of it was a gift. She's a gift that I was able to facilitate that gift and connect with another family and give them this little baby that they had been trying for 9 years to have and to see the joy instead of pain or grief which I I mean I just I didn't really connect with that I was able to hold space for my parents to have their their own emotions about it and that's totally fine but I saw and was focused on the positive of the situation and how can I make this the most positive empowering, joyful experience possible, and open adoption was that option for me. And everything kept just lining up. It just kept lining up. And, I, I mean, I had the pregnancy experience that, you know, other people, other people do. I, I was as healthy as I could possibly be. I was eating great food. I was connecting with her. I was reading, you know, positive birth stories to her, <laughs> just experiencing as much joy in it as I possibly could. I just had no space in my brain, I suppose, for sadness, as I just felt like it was such a positive experience.
1: Do you have a desire to be a mother? I do. Do you think you'll go on to have future children?
0: If I find the right partner, I believe I will. What would you
1: say to somebody that said, well, it just sounds like denial, like she's suppressing the grief that all of us as birth mothers go through?
0: I would say it's just a matter of perspective. It's like when you are presented with a situation in any aspect, you can focus on positive or negative things, and absolutely feeling sadness and grief is important. But I personally have been through things in my past before having Ava that I was able to feel the difference of feeling sadness and more getting stuck in it and then being able to create something else. So it's just a matter of perspective. And and I think I was just meant to have a different experience. So then I could also share with other people that this is a way to process it. If somebody says that I am I was in, you know, denial or anything like that, I just don't have, I just didn't have that perspective on it. So that's, those were not the emotions that I experienced.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's been three years. So it's not like, you know, we're talking to you. Um, a few weeks after and you're like, I feel nothing. I mean, you've had time to feel sadness. If you were going to her deep grief, mm-hmm. you've also had time to get counseling, which you have. And you know, you just had a different experience. And I think it's great to share that you were very connected to Jen. Did you feel like she, what role did she play in your life? Was she like a mother? Was she like a friend?
0: Definitely a friend. She is a doula oh, and a yogi, and so we connected on the holistic wellness side of life and definitely a friend. Me and Jerome could feel that they were a little reserved because that makes sense. They were still had the normal emotions of possibly us changing our mind or anything. Uh, we just knew where we were. But, yeah, defi- definitely a friend. Was she your doula? She was going to be, but she they arrived, like, right before Abel.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So talk to us about that. So you go into labor. So you guys have had this relationship together. Did she go with you to doctor's appointments?
0: No, she was in San Francisco. I was about 45 minutes south, so she didn't come to appointments with me.
1: Okay. But you guys were in communication and had a birth Mm -hmm. plan and all that. Okay. So you go into labor and you call them and what happens?
0: So I went into labor and when I called them, they hadn't gotten, you know, her car seat yet, so they uh, were getting on that. And because Jen had so much experience with women in labor, they, they were kind of taking their time, but I knew intuitively my labor was not going to last very long, so just like all the training and breath work and things like that that I had had. And they uh, arrived 15 minutes before Ava was born, right as I was getting into the birthing tub.
1: Okay, so you had the baby in water. And did they see the birth?
0: They did. Yeah. I had her at a birth center and they were able to just see her born. I think I pushed maybe four times and she was born.
1: What was it like seeing your daughter for the first time?
0: It was magical, I guess is a great word. I was definitely on a birth high, didn't have any medication, and just felt a lot of love in that room. A lot, a lot of love in that room. And that's, what I felt, honestly, my whole my whole experience, the whole time I was pregnant, I just felt love and joy. So I did, you know, I did have my emotions about the process. Those were the emotions that I had. And I guess the grief would be just around our parents having their emotions. I'm not, I don't like seeing people I care about have, you know, their sadness and things like that, but it was just such a joyful, joyful thing. So when I saw her face, I was just like, yep, this is this is right. And then also when I saw Jen and Alan change her diaper for the first time, I was like, yep, this is right.
1: <laughs> uh, were you like, I don't have to change that diaper? I won't have <laughs> I to wake so, up.
0: Yes, part <laughs> of it, yes. <laughs> I'm so happy to see them, so happy to change the
1: mm-hmm. diaper.
2: So was Jerome there too? He was. And what was his reaction?
0: He was really supportive and happy. He actually got to cut her umbilical cord.
1: Uh, was he crying?
0: Was he emotional? He wasn't crying. He was really like he was smiling. Maybe maybe he cried a little bit, some tears, like right as she was born. But he he drove me to the birth center. We were just both really really happy. I mean, I was the one who gave birth. So I think he was on a birth high too.
1: <laughs> right. Did you get to spend time with her before? He did they took her? Okay. And how so I, much time?
0: So I had her at like one something in the afternoon, and we stayed at the birth center until eight. I even got to breastfeed her. So that was awesome while we were there and the way we had designed the birth was the most important part was after we spent the first three days of her life with her as well so jen and alan got us a hotel down the road and for the first three days we were able to come over and spend the day with them that's when the midwife came and did the checkup we got to see her with her new parents in their house and we ate food together we laughed together we spent time together And then we went home and slept and then came back. And we did that for three days.
1: Wow. Jen and Alan are coming on the show in the next episode. But that's amazing for everybody. It's just such a sacred time. And you guys got to be together. It's probably the healthiest for the child because she heard your voice too. And then heard their voice and kind of transferred in a healthy way. Right. Because I think it's very hard for babies And I really believe this, and I've seen it with my own children, when they are with their mother for nine months, they hear her voice and the birth father. And then all of a sudden in adoption, there's this new voice and the baby is placed into the adoptive mother's arms. And I remember one of my children just looked at me like, I don't, I don't know your voice. I don't, wait a second. And I remember thinking, I need to spend some time getting to know this baby and for this baby to know me. And I just feel like maybe it was healthier for you guys to be together to do that. I mean, what an incredible story. I've never heard a story like this. Have you? Never. And all the time, all of our interviews and meeting people.
2: No, it's pretty pretty amazing.
1: And so after you guys went home, what was life like afterwards? Did you and Jerome stay together? How did you guys process life after that?
0: Well, I really wanted the transition to be as smooth as possible. That's why I initially brought up the idea of spending a few days with them. And then after we left San Francisco, me and Jerome spent a few days by ourselves. We went to the beach, kind of decompressed, and then reconnected and then went back into life. And that made it a lot easier. And we did break up about six or seven months after Ava was born. We did end up not staying together. Really? Why do you think that is? We moved in together after and... We just got to the point where we realized we were really great friends and we were great support for each other, but on a I-want-to-spend-the-rest-of-my-life-with-you type of way that wasn't there anymore, we had great conversation and good communication, so we were actually able to openly talk about that and did some personal development workshops and things like that just to make sure we were right in our decision. We made even that transition really great. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so does he see... Ava? He saw Ava with us up until the end of last year, and he has not seen her this year.
1: Okay, so maybe he went through some grief that was separate from you. hmm So it's hard for him to see her. Do you think
0: that is the case? There's definitely something going on. Um, like I said, his parents had their own stronger emotions, and then... There could be a new, you know, a new relationship, whatever he was going through. And the thing is, we're still open communication. So we invite him to every visit. We, you know, told him about today. We tell him when we're all getting together and we, we invite him and, and he's able to have a separate visit. If it has something to do with me, we don't know what's going on, but, but we want to honor the open adoption. So we hope that he comes back in the future. We send him love. We wish him well. And uh, he's welcome to join us whenever, if ever he wants to. Talk
1: to me about open adoption. What does that look like for you guys now? Open adoption for
0: us is visits every four months, anywhere from two to four hours. And my dad comes to some visits. My stepmom comes to some visits. My aunt and uncle have met her. My mom saw her on Monday by herself. My mom and Jen have an open communication as well. Presents are sent. They send pictures and videos to us every month via Apple Cloud. Jerome gets those as well. I mean, we're in open communication, and that's what we committed to before we had Ava. And, I mean, I believe that that will, that will stay. The first year of her life, we saw her for every three months. So it is changing. But, we're. We, I mean, we talk about it.
2: That's great. What do you have Ava call your mom and dad, and what does she call you?
0: So she calls me Laura, or her bio mom is a nickname. She calls me Laura. And my mom is Grandma Jamie. My dad, you know, Grandpa Jeff. <laughs> she has a bunch of grandparents and a bunch of uncles and <laughs> <Wow>.
1: of parents. <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> have her. Jen and Alan on and talk to them and see how that, yeah. you know, the whole thing works together and you're actually at their house right now yes that little voice that you maybe you could hear was Ava who is just over three right Mm -hmm. that's so awesome Thank you so much for coming on the show and and just talking about your perspective. You know, I say all the time on the show, I always make a decision like, hey, adoption looks like this. And then someone like you writes in their story and I'm like, oh my goodness, here's another perspective. And so we always keep everything gray because you don't know what your story is going to be. And you have to really have an open heart when it comes to adoption. You don't know that journey and where it's going to take you, but it sounds like for you guys, it has been a beautiful thing. Open adoption has really worked for you. So thank you for coming on and sharing.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Next week, we'll have Alan and Jen join the show and hear their perspective on adoption. Noah, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and remember all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thank you for tuning into Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week.